Hello, listeners. Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines. Today, an HIV pill with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. Who knew? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, no worries. Your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. George, mm-hmm. podcast starts now? Podcast starts now. Okay, cool. What's up, everyone? <laughs> You're listening to <laughs> Stradio Wait. Lab. Uh, what? That was normal. I'm it's just no, funny because you were like, podcast start starts now? And I was like, yeah. And I thought that was the beginning. And then you completely <laughs> went into this character. No, it I wasn't thought you were character. like podcast starts now, and I was like, "All right, podcast starts now." And then I thought it was gonna like we were just gonna keep going off of that, and then you're like, <laughs> "Don't make fun of me! You're not allowed to make fun of me." I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to inject a little bit of energy. We were feeling I know, we I just know. had a very spiritual journey, and now we're right. trying to be fun and up. And, yeah, well, and, so, and, not to be too behind the scenes which is our favorite thing to do but we did you know listeners will at this point have already heard the kiko episode so we are literally coming out of like the last 30 minutes of that is kiko giving us essentially one would say kind of a queer sermon yeah well and i guess here's what i'm thinking Uh, now that we are not in that episode um (laughs) have you decided (laughs) <laughs> no no i'm not i think we can still talk about it actually okay like okay. i think it's a, an evergreen topic i'm just okay. saying is um spirituality speaking to you more so in this moment i see you know previously um i mean as with everything one thing i do relate to is the is being more grateful and i do think at i think the the intervention that has wor- the like kind of mental intervention that works best on me is when people force me to stop being a little bitch and be a little grateful for the things I do have. I believe in that much more so than I believe in like the power of positive thinking or like the secret or, uh, you know, any kind of like visualize like all that stuff I'm very skeptical of. But I do think taking a pause and being grateful is a, is good practice. And this brings us back to something I I've. I was in a bad mood all week and I realized it's truly like when I have something, it's not good anymore. When other people have it, that's really good. Yeah. And it's like, I have to stop. I think <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> blame growing up in sports, but I'm constantly competitive in a toxic way that is like not fun and not enjoyable. 
that's so interesting because I, even though I am a very competitive person, I don't think I'm competitive in career stuff in the same way you are. I, and maybe I am subconsciously and I haven't even let myself go there. But to me, what pisses me off when I'm at my most toxic is when, is when, is when I find someone is stupid (laughs) (laughs) or not stupid, but like annoying. Like I'm more, it, let's say there's like a successful person that I don't think deserves their success. I'm okay with that. But if there's a person, even if they're not successful and they're being annoying, then I completely lose my mind. <laughs> huh. Like, I think it's, I get more pissed off if someone is like literally hosting a show in the middle of a desert, but the poster is stupid than I do if someone I hate is the president of NBC. Wow, that is so crazy. Yeah. That <laughs> like not to like judge your deal, but it's it's a weird deal and it's, it's a weird um, deal. It's not right. It's actually maybe your deal. You're I think you're more um I think at least if you are directing your ire to the people in the top, at least then you can say like you're punching up like you're, you know, you are resentful of people with power. Whereas for me it's sure. like why are you like that? you're just resentful of people yeah yeah. regardless i mean i love i mean that's very i'm gonna go ahead and say egalitarian egalitarian yeah how's that and then and here's the really (laughs) sick and twisted part of it sometimes i Uh almost feel like i respect power in a way despite my best intentions where then someone if if someone okay if someone you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. like does get something i suddenly despite my best uh, you know, d- despite myself, do respect them a little more. Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah. You know, and I'll say on 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 my interpretation of your thing, mm-hmm. when I see someone, you know, for the example you gave, hosting a show in the desert and they're being stupid, I kind of love it because I'm like, yeah. look at them, exactly. like they're like really living out loud, <laughs> and like they are so stupid and like they don't even care. And yeah. I think that's so beautiful. And if more people were just being proudly stupid, then we'd be happier. But which is why I think you actually are more of a Kiko than I. I actually think you have a more pure um, vision of the world than I do. I think you yeah. value like um, <laughs> personal expression and like art in a more pure way than I do. I think a big part of my childhood because of, Whatever, I, you know, we don't have to get into like immigrant parents and, and like uh, feeling like, you know, every, you know, it was like everything they were doing was like making sacrifices for the next generation, blah, blah. It was like, to me, it's so foreign to me to see someone doing a show in the middle of the desert and be like happy for them. I'm immediately like, well, what what are you doing with that? Like, where is that going? <laughs> you know, wow. Toxic. I love that. I love that you're <laughs> wow, toxic. I love that. <laughs> I mean that's very like I see you like I like I see you as like a father like sort yeah. of like scolding like the child that's like I want to dance and you're like good luck paying rent with dance money well and it's and, like and here's the real and here's the real heartbreaking part of it I'm both the father and the child I am scolding a little storm I'm scolding my inner child and telling him don't dance faggot <laughs> Wow, your inner father is truly homophobic. Yeah, well, Billy Very Elliot is based toxic. on my internal demons. <laughs> uh, well, wow. Should we bring? Well, in... what? 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 I'm just ready for a different person to enter this conversation. I feel like I've said what I want to <laughs> say. Are you, are you bringing them in because you're upset with me because you don't think I'm like pulling my weight or what? No, I'm just bringing them in because, to my mind, our guest. As we develop a relationship, I'm starting to get to know him more. I think he combines part of my uh, part of my personality with part of your personality. I think we'll do a very good job of balancing the two of us. What do you think? Well, <laughs> that's a pretty high bar, but let's try it. It is. It's. I mean, <laughs> could not be higher, honestly. To combine. I mean, scientists have been trying to create one gay man that combines my personality with your personality for centuries. <laughs> of course, I've been funding efforts to prevent that because then that would make our podcast obsolete. Well, and that's why you're so obsessed with people in power is because they're the the benefactors right. of your project. Um, I do think I, I know you think I'm obsessed with you. I know I said that and it's like, OK, what I said. But I do know I do think you 
I think you well, think I love power. I okay. You do. Sorry to our guest. Sorry, to I our do guest. think. Sorry to our guest. I think you do like power. I, I, and we all like power a little. It's one of the yeah. things of like that people pursue. It's right, not right. like I'm not like oh I don't want it. It's I just am very like, impressed with institute or not. And again, despite my despite my best intentions, I'm like, I, I the allure of institutions gets to me. I still, I crave stability. I mm-hmm. crave like. I crave some systems, but I do understand, like, I feel maybe like I've seen too much of the systems and where I'm not impressed by them and like who gets sucked into them and like raised up in them. So maybe I don't respect it in the way that like I did when I was a senior in college. Well, sure. I mean, yes. Um, (laughs) um, I just want to say to our guest in advance, (laughs) our apologies for the way the next hour and a half will go. And and I also want to apologize to our guests preemptively and say sorry for you know bringing you into this. A podcast is a world, and we're bringing you into a broken one. A broken one. Um, this is annihilation. This is annihilation, which I've never seen, but I oh, pretty much really get good. it. You'd love it. No, oh. it's actually better than you think. Ugh. Okay. okay. No, I want to see it. It's okay. Just, we. Have I want to see to a lot of stuff. <laughs> Sam, bring in our guest. Fine. Today, we have with us a very special guest, all the way from, I think, Los Angeles, California, but originally before that lived in Brooklyn, New York, (laughs) I think, and before that, I have no idea where he hails from. Please, welcome to the show, Stradio Lab, that you're currently listening to, Elliot Glazer. Hey, guys. (laughs) Wait, Elliot, I want to guess where you're from, and I think maybe I do know. Are you from, you're from New York State? Uh, like technic technically yes. Are you from Long Island? Of course. Okay, I think, and I, I that's not like a wild guess. I think I read that somewhere, but I wanted, to, but I, but I wasn't hundred percent positive. No, Long unfortunately, Island, that very, is true. Yeah, kind of a mecca of straight culture, one could say. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, as Matt Rogers and I con- con- continually commiserate, it is sort of the apex of um. Uh, mas- I was going to say Guido, uh, masculine it- <laughs> Italian, <laughs> Italian like machismo, which mm-hmm. was deeply toxic and uh, uh, unsettling and, and violent for for me. I think as a teenager. Yeah, I do. Think yeah, that's actually a good. Sam, did you grow up in a masculinized environment? Um, not to the extent of Long Island, I don't think. <laughs> but and it depended on where I was, like. When I was in like Southern Virginia, yes, definitely. But when I was in like Michigan, maybe a little less so. Yeah, I feel like people often, you know, when you think about like the South as being, you know, like the South as being like, you know, where it really, really scary for queer people. It's so funny just because like the where I grew up was so Italian and so like Irish Catholic, but that you wouldn't necessarily com- like think the two would have a, you know, would would. Uh, overlap but they really do in terms of like fear that that they can they could put into uh, uh, queer people as especially when they're young yeah I have such a skewed view of Long Island because everyone that I meet from there is like obviously like the gay and weird and like moved away and I'm like oh my god like Long Island seems like so (laughs) everyone that's there is like so fun it is a very (laughs) odd it is a very well a lot of it it's it's as some people don't know that it's like a very big, it's a very big long island, and but there's a lot of different parts that. Wait, I like, love that some people don't know it's actually a long island, <laughs> but people don't know. They don't know that it's like four hours long from you know from like t- technically Brooklyn to the Hamptons. It's yeah, it's a long drive. Some people think it's sort of like a little hamlet or something, but it's so, it's so, it's just a strangely. Uh, 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 geographically mapped, eth- ethnically mapped place, in that it's like you know you have Brooklyn, then you have Queens, then you have Nassau County, which is like very Jewish, you know, very ethnic, very democratic, and then you bleed into Suffolk County, which is like super Guido-y and Italian, and um, you know a little bit more of like a melting pot, but just for white people, and mm. then it's just like tra- like white trash, white trash, white trash, and then you get to the Hamptons. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's an it's an odd place. I want to go to the Hamptons. <laughs> Wait, oh my god, I, I know. I've never but been. But like anybody Sorry. who goes to the That's Hamptons, just... like nobody, nobody who like 
drives to the Hamptons or whatever is going to stop in like Shirley or like, you know, or in like uh, uh, Wading River. Like that's it's just not going to happen. It is crazy that it's like it is the place that separates New York proper, as most people see it, from literally the place where people from New York proper vacation. But you would never see like, yeah, you would never see like Carrie Bradshaw like shopping for you know, shopping in like Comac or like getting, get going to like Bagel Boss in, yeah. <laughs> in, well, in maybe, Huntington. Maybe in the reboot. In the yeah, reboot, I would reboot. love. It's actually oh. set in Long Island. It's it's wow, <laughs> really interesting. It's still all white, but it's right. set in Long Island. It's in East Mauritius. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's way more justified now that it's all white. It's yeah, they were Island. like, of this, course, they were like, this isn't realistic for it to be in Manhattan. But what if we set in Staten Island? And actually, now they're all Italian. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be, yeah. <laughs> Staten Island and Long Island are very similar in a lot of ways. They're both very red. They're both sort of, like, violent and angry, but without, mm-hmm. like, education, really. Whereas, like, whereas truly, <laughs> Drag like, them. whereas, like, Jersey and, like, Nassau County, you know, like, New Jersey, like, it's it's not exactly the same. It's, there's different weird pockets of, of New York and the burbs. Mm-hmm. To yeah. me... I, speaking of masculinity in New Jersey, I, I lived in New Jersey for, I think, seven years of my life. I, I have a memory that I think encapsulates <laughs> my first revolt against masculinity, which is that I was placed in some kind of soccer team against my will. And it was St. Patrick's <laughs> Day and the coach the coach came out and had green hair for St. Patrick's Day. But I didn't know what St. Patrick's Day was because my family was four and I had never heard of it. And so I was like, what? Like, who is this Oompa Loompa or whatever? I, I I was very scared. And so this, like, giant green-haired guy walks up and is like, everyone ready? And then everyone follows him, and I just start crying and hug my mom. Oh, <laughs> no. so scared. <laughs> That's oh my very God. much me. Very much me. Yeah. yeah, I was scared of everything. And I was scared of even, you know, even as, like, a teenager or whatever, I was, like, scared. I was very scared of quote-unquote bad kids you know Mm -hmm. or anything that was remotely quote-unquote bad any like music you know any anything that was remotely bad scary uh uh again you know um rebellious anything that rebelled against parents in the system i was just not a fan of i was the exact same way i like self-censored i like didn't watch the simpsons because i was like this is for bad kids (laughs) i like (laughs) <laughs> didn't listen to like certain music because I was like, that's for bad kids. I can't listen to corn, mother. <laughs> no, that's I, for bad kids. <laughs> I wouldn't go near anybody who did listen to corn. I wouldn't go near them. I truly wouldn't go near them. The like the, the, the grittiest thing that I got close to was rent. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean that's real life, baby. Real life, real New York. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do remember realizing that like the hard kids, like the kids that looked scary were actually the most empathetic like yeah but you had that that... you knew that ahead of time we took years to figure that out but i was never i was never brave enough to be part of any subculture or to like look any different like i was always fitting in but like i just remember the girls that like would wear all black and listened you know it looked like evanescence or whatever right at first i was like what's you know like this is weird and then you would realize oh no they are actually they are the n- kind ones and the blonde sorority girls are the mean ones. Yes. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange dichotomy between those two that like yeah. the safer ones are the ones who are like dark, quote unquote. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> dark. Um, yeah. Ellie, did you ever go through, sorry, this is literally WTF now. Apparently. We're I like don't care. Just, I, Ellie, I love you're that. really bringing it out in us. We're like both actually being the best interviewers we've ever been. <laughs> I know. I'm like thinking about like other people's lives. I'm like considering Crazy. other people's feelings. Oh the one of this podcast is no empathy. <laughs> None. Um, wait, did you ever go through a rebellious era? No. Did you find I, one? No. My my re- instead of rebelling, especially as a kid, I I I didn't rebel. I sort of um, I tried to deflect. So I would dress like a like a like a children's entertainer you know like lots of thrift store stuff bright disgusting ugly colors like flip-flops in the winter anything i could do to i had like a goatee that literally literally looked like a gnarled up vagina that was my gnarly (laughs) nine eight like late 90s 2000 goatee in high school 
really I would well. love to see that. I, I, of you course wouldn't. you would. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, drag me. Somebody, no teaser coming back, I swear. This is literally, ew, no, God, no. <laughs> I think it was literally the year 2000, and I had that gnarly-ass, like, Chris Kirkpatrick goatee, mm-hmm. and this kid who I was friends with, who I'm still friends with to this day, was, like, a computer genius, and, like, had pre-Photoshop abilities to, like, you know, mess like like mess with photos and stuff. And he took my face in what looked like a mugshot and managed to like oh, this is gonna sound terrible, but he he edited it to make it look like I had um developmental disorders. <laughs> huh. Oh, that's a very well, two thousand joke to, to yeah. make. But well let's get him horrible. on the pod. <laughs> it's horrible. I wonder what he has it's to horrible. Say for himself. It's really bad and the goatee is only made worse. The goatee mm-hmm. remind. Mm-hmm. I remember dis- so distinctly having a conversation with this girl who was my neighbor, where she was d- describing this guy she thought was so hot, and she goes, "He has um, a goatee, and he also has a lip piercing, which goes really well with the goatee." Ew. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I definitely had That's a moment tough. where I shaved the goatee but kept what I like to call the soul patch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I gnarly, gnarly. That's yeah, soul rough. patch is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. I'll make. I'll. I'll, I'll take it. Even I, I didn't want to say this, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> I only made it worse by release. Release. I, what am I talking about? By recording a demo under my my like musician name Soul Patch. <laughs> oh my no. god! Your musician name was Soul Patch. <laughs> I mean, I was eighteen, but yes, <laughs> I love that. Eighteen is still an adult, Elliot. Yeah, I love right. Soul Patch. <laughs> Well, maybe is you'll it, find one of the, thing- like, ten CDs somewhere. What was the tone? What was the vibe? What were you trying to... Was it soul uh, music? It was, was it yeah, like- it was, like, Robin Thicke. Of- oh. Was it that's really? That's, like, the yeah. least... I think, like, in terms of that era, that's the least embarrassing. Because it could have been, like, yeah, you know, really bad ska. Crazy Town or, yeah. Yeah. Ska. No. It was, like, Robin Thicke. Like, you know, cool white guy doing R&B. Totally. Cool. cool guy cool guy wow. damn God, soul patch i love Please that. stream soul patch on oh no <laughs> justice for soul patch unfortunately <laughs> i i i have the demo and my you guys know my friend brent sullivan who co-hosts mm-hmm. my podcast with me i somehow let him listen to that to the music years ago and he has never let it go and it's like ammo he uses it as ammo i mean i have to say yeah. i know someone ugh, i hate to dox her because she actually is like such a successful and and like productive member of society and is Lana married to a husband, you know, whatever. She was in a teen girl group called the Slumber Party Girls. <laughs> and they have, I hate, if no one bully her for this, <laughs> they have a song that's my favorite song and you can still find the video online that's called the texting song and I guess it came out like when texting was first starting to get popular wow. and the lyrics are like I'm gonna make you LOL BTW it's all for you and it's like wow. all of them doing abbreviations of texting lingo anyway she now literally wow. is like doing a PhD um, and and is and is married and happy that's crazy that's I also I love that that um that's literally that commercial that we've referenced before. IDK, oh, my IDK, my Jill. Jill. But it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's so perfect. Like the name, the Slumber Party Girls and the song name, the texting song are both so perfect to describe what, like to it's, describe some, it's like if there was a plot in a movie about like, oh my God, she used to be in a teen girl group. That's what they would come up with. It's embarrassing that no matter what your teen girl group name, if it isn't the most popular teen group in the world, it sounds extremely stupid in retrospect. Well, except, right. I mean, it's like, <laughs> except for Dream. Dream. Bewitched. Bewitched. I mean, Bewitched sounds a little I, stupid. I, I, I truly, I, I will tell you, like, I still think Dream was phenomenal. I think they're like bizarre staccato music <laughs> that mm-hmm. was like, 30 second notes everything was like i don't even know what genre that it was like pop but it was like this bizarre like energy genre that i love i still love i still listen to them wait Wait, i don't i don't i'm looking them up and i own this cd i i just you know when you like look at something you haven't looked at since you were like 11 and it's so evocative like this cd that has like a let's say like a burgundy background yeah 
Oh God, all of their hair. They were. I think they were produced by Puffy at the time. Mm-hmm. Really? And, yeah, and they looked. They all looked like Jewish girls from uh, Long Island and Jersey. <laughs> so do you're right. Yeah, wow. they're like mall girls. But oh my God, the music was good. Wow, Justice yeah. for Dream. Yep. Did you know Bewitched um, was like Irish? I did yeah. know that. Yeah, okay, that was like their fine. whole thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, That's I like... like really. I'm I'm like jonesing to get to our topic. So let's do our first segment first, and then and then we can we can enter the next era. What do you think, Sam? You look stressed. Oh, sorry. I was um, it's computer. I was having tech issues on my end for <laughs> okay. just one moment, and that's I. I'm I guess embarrassed that it read so clearly on my mm-hmm. face. No, you were you I, look like you were actually like calling the, the control center. <laughs> because I, I was very like I was like, no, they can't tell anything's up. I'm crushing this. They are thinking I'm smiling and I'm laughing. No. I truly I this is not fun or interesting and I'm gonna say it anyway. Perfect. It is like <laughs> that's our podcast. It's hard for me to like even open up a like Chrome tab while doing this podcast. And I George is always like Googling stuff and like getting information while we're recording and I'm like I'm my hands are behind my back. Right. I cannot You're like do handcuffed. It. <laughs> yeah. It makes everything so hard. Um but with that being said, let's do our first segment. Because George is apparently jonesing for it. Oh my god, you it's you know, I'll say this. You've been the organized one recently in the last couple of episodes. That's true. Like keeping us That's on true. schedule. And I just I'm trying to pull my weight. Respect that. And <laughs> okay, I'm sorry cool. I uh, attacked you. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine, but we can talk about it later in couples therapy with Kiko Suarez. Um yeah. Elliot, our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and in this segment we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid fire questions where you just have to choose one of two things that we're giving to you. It is inherently confusing and the one rule is that you can't ask any follow-up questions about how the game works. Okay. Okay. Question number one. The red Power Ranger or the green Power Ranger? Green. Okay, Elliot. Spring has sprung or looking for hung? Looking for Hung. Saying that should be a band name or saying that should be a drag name? That should be that should be a band name. Mm -hmm. You got to go with the original. Yep. Um, Okay. Fire Island or the Fires of Hell? Fires of Hell. Fires of Hell. Fires of Hell. Celebrities wearing Kabbalah bracelets or celebrities taking photos with the Dalai Lama? (laughs) <laughs> celebrities wearing Kabbalah bracelets um twist and shout or stop drop and roll huh uh uh twist and shout hmm. bad bunny or good charlotte <laughs> good charlotte um public urination or private suffering <laughs> public urination wow hmm. sam you're that's that was a really good one do you know, I'll say this before I let you what? respond to my compliment. Okay. You have been saying to me that this week you felt unfunny and you felt like you um you it was difficult to to write. I think the that your straight shooters this episode and the one we just um recorded are some of your best ones yet. I that's very sweet of you. Thank you. I feel like um you know, having a couple good straight shooters does not necessarily <laughs> make me um a good writer or even particularly funny um it's sort of word associations and maybe concept associations but but i do appreciate any compliments and i will be grateful that i'm receiving them okay wow it was a really long-winded way to say that <laughs> well it was actually very normal and i was explaining myself and you know we've got time <laughs> yeah great um well, regardless, I think Elliot did a great job in that segment, and I give him a thousand Thank doves you. because the confidence was, I, I thought you never, everyone has at least one moment where they're like, wait a minute, what am I picking again? Is it the straighter thing? And <laughs> it doesn't matter. And you never have that. No, and I didn't never have it. And that's, and I, and, and that, I tip my hat off to you. I just wanted to go with a gut reaction, you know? And that's exactly yeah. what you should be And doing. you nailed it. And uh, just to jump off sort of what George was saying, I also want to say that there was a confidence, mm. and confidence is key. Yeah. And a playfulness. You yeah. weren't, you know, you weren't militaristic about picking answers. <laughs> Playful you, you confidence. You were saying, I'm having fun with it. I'm having fun. Yeah. Let the, it two, 
Yeah. I just want to say, before I forget, because this is a mind-blowing realization I'm having. (laughs) And this is... So, in the previous episode, we were talking about ethical delusion. And in this one, we're talking about playful confidence. To me, the two tenets of having... Of being... The two things everyone must have are ethical delusion and playful confidence. Sam and Elliot, what do you think? Ethical delusion? (laughs) Like, you have to be delusional in a way that's fun... But eth- but not like r- but doesn't ruin the world. Like you have to yeah. be a little delusional. Like Donald Trump is unethically delusional, but like yeah. a really fun drag queen is ethically delusional because got she's it. bringing happiness to people with her delusions. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. a little. Uh, what is it? Candy with the a little candy with the medicine. Yes, mm-hmm. candy muse yeah. with the medicine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, someone's here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wait, so it's ethical delusion and playful confidence? Yeah. And I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, what What do you... It's like, what is the second part of that sentence? You need those two things to what? To have, like, a good life? I don't know. <laughs> right, because if you're confident in, and you're not playful about it, it's oppressive. That's and oppressive. And if you're delusional and you're not ethical about it, that's also oppressive. Yeah. So, again, not to... I can't believe I'm literally bringing up Donald Trump. <laughs> but he is no. This is this. That's what this podcast is about. Delusional and unplayfully not confident. familiar. Yeah, <laughs> just forget about all of this. No, George, you're being smart, I, and this is what this. Anyone who's listened to this podcast for half a second understands right. it's about right, right, right. made up frameworks it's and framework. figuring <laughs> out where we live within them. Yes, Elliot, and, and <laughs> yes. Um, no, sorry. I just, I'm very aware of the fact that I keep speaking over you. I I want to get into the meat of our topic because I'm very interested in it. Sam, what do you think about that? I agree. I second it. Elliot, um, please tell the listeners if you feel like talking about kind of the journey of how we landed on the topic, that would also be fine. Some of your backups, but, but if not, then let's uh, take it away and, 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 uh, and let our listeners know what we'll be talking about today. Well, sure. I mean, I definitely had a, as a fan of this podcast and, and especially the concept, it had a few ideas mm-hmm. in mind. I, I can, I'm allowed to mention them. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, one, I wanted, I thought it'd be fun to talk about nostalgia and the sort of like, you know, p- straight people just loving like fifties sock cops and, you know, yeah. forgetting the like terror that, 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 that controlled everyone else, but them um, <laughs> in, in like the, the, you know, the good old days or whatever. But I think I also had come up with like Costco, which is, which, but then I, I doubled, I, I, I went back on that because I thought Costco could actually be very queer, more for like women, I think. Right. Um, you know, um, resourceful. Communal spaces too. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, it's uh, a town square. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, it's like, it's helping, it's, you know, you're getting a, a giant jug of goldfish for the community center. That's right. Exactly. Right. You're basically. Yeah, I mean, it is, um, it's actually chosen family. It has a female energy to me. <laughs> yeah. It's providing, it's motherly. Yes. It's, right, right, right. We are pro Costco. We, yes, we suck from the teeth of Costco. <laughs> right, exactly. <yeah. laughs> but then I, other, another one I had uh, mentioned was Caitlyn Jenner, which was a landmine, obviously, uh, yeah. for to talk about, but with her running for governor and uh, doubling down on her, her her distaste for trans children um i thought yeah. it was just too much <sighs> too much so i landed on uh, queer eye as a topic of heterosexual normativity <laughs> so queer eye i i want to know like what well okay this is an obvious question but it's like what we often ask our guests is what to you is straight about queer eye um, Queer Eye to me often feels like it's emotional porn for straight people to mm-hmm. feel better about gay people. Sure. Not altogether bad, not by any means a negative thing for the community. It's not a it doesn't it doesn't do us harm per se. But to me, I don't know many queer people who watch it and <laughs> and the only people who tend to tell me about it are straight women. To my mind, I'm like, I'm yes anding in that I do think straight women are traditionally the audience. But then something that's so fascinating is that it's like, it's almost like the safe thing a straight dad can also get into. Absolutely. To like understand what what gay people are. And on top of that, there's two iterations of it. And the first generation, I mean, I was, you know, I personally was like in college when I think the first one came out. 
And that was truly groundbreaking in a way that made me feel safer in the world. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But still problematic, if you ask right. me. <laughs> really? In what way? <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, the first one was like, gays are have taste, straight people don't. Yes. G- gay men specifically have taste, straight people don't, and gay men are going to teach them how to have taste, which right. is problematic in... in I don't want to say in innocuous ways, but in like straightforward ways. It's like, of course, it's problematic. Not every gay person's the same. Not every straight person's the same. Like, I can I can comprehend how it's problematic, and also, frankly, it's like you can suspend that part of your brain and watch something like that, accepting that it's problematic. What's yeah. weird about the new queer is like suddenly it's about like everything. It's like about like yes. it's just about celebrate celebrating all self expression and accepting oneself, like. There's nothing it's not about. So then it so, so then it becomes even more complicated to parse what the message is. Yes. And on top <laughs> of that, it's still like as much as they want to lean into the emotional and the, you know, self-realization and the identity and the, and, and the you know, um, uh, uh, um, you know, validation. At the same time, it's still at its heart about five cis gay men who are like i do hair i do i do clothes i do food you know it's like it's still Mm -hmm. this weird thing where it's like i am gay and this is my skill set beep beep boop you know which is so weird to me it is (laughs) i don't have any of those robot vibes (laughs) also like everything has to be emotional where it's like actually here's the thing They've actually let go of the idea that they're all experts in anything. Is Anthony is famous? Correct. I'm not to be like 2015 or whatever, but like Anthony famously is not good at cooking. And then right. Karamo, it's not like he teaches about people about culture. He like gives them right. therapy, but is he's not that good at that either. So it's like, well, why not actually have experts in these fields? And maybe we can all exactly. learn something. I would love right. it if Anthony taught me how to make some a food. That's right. That's right. I and I went to high school with um, Jay, who was the original Karamo. I went to high school Ooh. with him. Whoa! Which was like a, a, a jarring, uh, a jarring lesson in in seeing what makes you famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wait, that's yeah. crazy. So yeah. he was young when he was on it. He was really young. Yeah. He he left. He got out of, or I think he was out of. You know, certainly out of high school. He was much. He was a lot older than me. But at the time, you know, in retrospect, it was like four years older than me. But at the time, it felt like. You know, he was like 20 years older than me, but sure, sure. he left, you know, when he graduated, he, he started doing acting and was like acting in the city and on Broadway and then eventually was in Rent. And I think that was what predated him getting onto the show. Wow. That well, is the crazy. big secret yeah. with all these shows is like all of these people just want to be actors. Not no offense to any of them. Right. Of course. <laughs> but I was like thinking about this when I was tragically dipping into the circle the other day. It's like all of those people want like it is. They want to be reality stars, which is fine. But, like, that is what they want. Everything else is secondary. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. But They want the luxury of exist- of fame and public existence without having to find the skills of an actor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's also, like, it's their skills in and of themselves. Like, I don't, you know, when I have caught snippets of it, I'm like, it does take a lot. Like I can't do what they do. If I if I had God, to be one no, of the five, <laughs> can you imagine? God no, it'd be a mess. Could you imagine okay, what being would you like? Do? Here are your here are your dungarees. You know, like right. cuff your dungarees and put. I have, have no idea what to do. And I res- I do respect their skill sets in terms of like what they can actually do when it comes mm-hmm. to food or when it comes to. Remember, I mean, truly, the guy I forget his name, but the guy who was like the hair guy like he did a good job in the first iteration and and that and like um uh when they would like clean tom tom the like interior decorator mm-hmm. he was the most exciting part of the show because he actually made big huge visible change in like a right. living space you know that was like the sort of extreme makeover home edition vibe that you would get but everything else felt a little bit more tenuous to me i guess like i watched season one of the current queer eye and I was like, you know, impressed that they were able to get some emotion in it. Like I was, you know, not to just, uh, just to give them their due. I was like, well, this is better than I thought it would be. Uh, me too. But, yeah. But then it's like, I do hate how it, like the transformations don't feel like 
like what you're saying about like they're not actually experts it also is just like they literally just got a thousand dollars at bonobos yes they didn't like actually find out how to style they just like got six pairs of pants and six shirts that work with them and it's like this is which is helpful and i think like (laughs) i think often if you give a person a thousand dollars at a current store they can like change their look in a positive way but like it's so bland and it's very like i don't know it's almost like (laughs) i want to say like um, uh, i'm being stupid right now but it's like gentrifying a person like it's taking someone who is like interesting and weird and turning them into like you are amazon.com now yes (laughs) you have a barcode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be funny because if they it, unveiled everyone's barcode at the end and they were like and your new barcode <laughs> on their necks <laughs> wow Sam that was a great point <laughs> well I had been thinking about it for a while because I was trying to like figure out what I was I, w- I didn't want to speak before I was ready because mm-hmm. I was like I'm not sure if I'm how how to even discuss this because I I feel something about it makes me sad genuinely because yeah. like JVN, like, I thought, I think is so charming, I think so fun, and then it's, like, to see the sort of, like, crumbling of, like, sponsorship deals and using, like, the non-binary identity to promote a makeup line is, like, something about that is, like, so gross, and this isn't, like, a hot take, it's, like, we, everyone feels, you know, people that are online feel this way. And And it's not even their fault. Like it, it's, no. it's simply like by design that is, that's the path how it works, and that's like and it's just such a bummer. Well, it, it becomes yeah. a, it all be, it all becomes commerce. It all becomes product. It all becomes interchangeable with the fact that this is a TV show that creates you know that that requires advertisers and sponsors and makes money and like it's all like you said it's like it's it's all in a system so it's not necessarily like their quote-unquote fault it's like Mm -hmm. this is the system that they're that it's all built into and so when does it stop feeling when does it start or stop feeling earnest and private versus how how much of it is for public consumption and i think that's what makes it like straight it's like emotional porn for straight people Mm -hmm. but that's what that i think that's why the commerce thing is why i think the first iteration is so much more honest because it's yes well yeah they literally are giving them new clothes yes giving them and they're decorating their apartments and that's honestly fine like many people would i would love someone to come in and decorate my apartment like that's fine and it's just (laughs) it's simple yes And, and but then when you make it about like finally coming to terms with your identity and like reconnecting with your long lost father and like and and so much of what was written about the new queer was about how they were like deconstructing masculinity or something it's like well okay then if those are your stated goals then it does feel gross if you are selling nail polish because you've created this like expectation that this is something deeper obviously i'm not saying i'm like dumb enough to watch it and be like betrayed that they are not actually deconstructing masculinity but it's just like well then why go through that whole process to make it that way to begin with just give me like carson cressley like making a funny face and and putting someone in bell bottoms <laughs> truly truly watching so watching him insist somebody get boot cut jeans yeah and it's wow. also like i i do think the title like the change from queer eye for the straight guy to just queer eye is almost like it's like it's it's like oh this is a show with a queer gaze or something like that's I think what they were going for it's like we're teaching people how to queer their life rather than you know just whatever and it's like that's actually a larger project and I actually think if anything it's <laughs> equally queer to just put someone in <laughs> to just put someone in bootleg <laughs> pants yes like, that's funny that's gay culture it's funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do think it's such a miss um I don't know, calculation that like gay men have it figured out. Yeah. Oh my well, God. Cause... I know. I know. I know. <laughs> that's the truth. God, that's it. And it sets us up it... for failure too. <laughs> that is it. You just, you just hit it on the head. It's it's such a miscalculation and it sets us, it truly sets us up. I still remember. And again, I'm, I'm with you guys where I, I, I air on the side of the first iteration of the show, but I still remember after the first show came out and it became popular, I'll just never forget like it was like a summer night in Long Island and like my friends and I went to the diner. It's just, you know, true, true Long Island through and through. And the waitress tried to like 
ingratiate herself to me by saying that her purse was a fag bag. She's like, <laughs> do you love my fag bag? And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> and it wasn't like I was dressed like par- I wasn't. I didn't have like you know a like feathered a feathered mullet sure. and like bo- boot cut. It was like okay, I'd drag s- me. <laughs> You're literally looking right at me as you say that. <laughs> no, I love your hair. I'm just saying I didn't. I didn't look like. I didn't look like a like metrosexual or whatever the thing sure, was at the sure. time. No, you and, look like a children's entertainer, that. as discussed. Yeah, I looked like a fucking bozo the clown. Truly, I had like art teacher glass. It was a, a nightmare. But all of that to say, like she knew I was gay, or she found out, or figured, or whatever, and was felt comfortable enough after queer eye to be like, "You like my fag bag?" And right. I'm like, oh, what? You know, right. but fag, fa- like saying like fruit fly or fag hag was still very much. It became cool at that point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm OK. Now I'm scared. I'm OK. Here's me uh, talking about the podcast while we make the podcast. Now I'm like, are we being too negative towards like not that there's there is stuff to critique and we are critiquing mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. tastefully but for the people that do get something out of it, like they get something out of Queer Eye, yeah. Like, how do we like? <laughs> no, I see what you're like, saying. How do we? Well, we're gi- you're you're giving them the you, you give them the benefit of the doubt by saying that, you know, if making somebody feel better about themselves is queer, then like go for it. Yeah. And it's not like a it's not like some big destructive homophobic force. It's just that it's more nuanced than most straight people would give it credit for when you watch it as a queer person who feels dynamic, layered, flawed, fucked up, weird, outsider, you know, all of those things I think pour into, uh, or those, all of those things can make you feel somewhat inadequate if you're watching five gay guys, whether it's the first iteration or this Mm -hmm. iteration that are able to sort of come in and wave their magic wands and, you know, make somebody's lives better because, like like you said, Sam, it's like they, 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 they're like the arbiters of like perfection. And you, we just, we don't feel that, but right, it's not right. bad if that helps other people. It's also like, you know, I, Elliot, you, the first thing you said was that it's emotional porn and it's like, it may well be that. And that doesn't have to be bad. I mean, no, right, right. It's like. The fact that it's emotional porn means that it's like kind of a shortcut to certain emotions, just like porn is a shortcut to like sex or whatever. But it's like I still watch (laughs) porn. There's a place for it in my life. Yes. But not all. It's not all I do. (laughs) Like you can. (laughs) Emotional porn can serve a purpose. Just like sometimes I want to watch like a tearjerker movie because I'm like, oh, I've just like I've had a day where I need to release and I just like want to cry it out. Like if that's something, it, so you so it can be a useful thing. It just you shouldn't mistake it for being deeper than it is. I think. Right. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yep. Smart. Smart. Smart o'clock. Smart. Smart o'clock. <laughs> Nuance reigns. <laughs> Nuance reigns in this pod. Um. I, now do I feel like we need to do something. S- no, yeah. Go you go. No, I'm just. Well, like, I feel like to, to do something a little silly. I'm like, what would our ideal fact that's what i was that's exactly what i was gonna say we need to do something stupid and silly okay you say it you say it what's your game no my game is just what would your ideal fab five be and if applicable like what would their what would they be experts in i'm sorry but there needs to be women and there needs to be look not just not just to like check off a box but like more i feel like i meet more i meet trans people who are much cooler than gay just straight up like gay people yes i would say most they're ex- yeah <laughs> right they've, they've had to do more self-discovery and sometimes i just find that to be so much more nuanced and dynamic than gays than like cis gay people yeah which so. is honestly why i would not want to put them through having to be like the magical trans person for a correct person <laughs> exactly absolutely <laughs> again it's all it's all hard to quantify it because by nature the show is meant to be five magical yes queer people <laughs> so mine just really quickly it's literally one yeah. sentence my fab five is it will be seven and they would each be an expert in one of the deadly sins Ooh, fun <laughs> a religious twist like that's fun right like one is an expert in like sloth gluttony whatever the other ones are oh wow and no, then they, I like, love that. make and then it like is playing on the gay people are going to hell 
joke. I love and it's all that. campy so and, I, and like self referential. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And okay, they can all mine. be different genders and 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 um, gender identities. Okay. Mine is um, all people that have like secretly hooked up with Lindsey Graham, oh and they all have a different um, of the amendment on the Bill of Rights. <laughs> <laughs> So they're like, I'm the First Amendment person. You need to learn how to speak your mind. For example, I'm going to speak about when I hooked up with Lindsey Graham. And the punchline is literally always just that they hooked up with Lindsey Graham. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I do love the amendment part of it. It's... I mean, political. Uh, you know, the Lindsey Graham was a a, a, a reach, but uh, you know, no, I love that part of it too. But I just could see that not read well with certain crowds. Okay, you're a network exec. I am. (laughs) I mean, I respect power. <laughs> As discussed. Um, Wait, okay, so Elliot, not to put you on the spot, what would yours be? Um, well, I mean, staying in the political arena, I've always been obsessed with Michelle Bachman's husband. <laughs> sure. Oh my god. Marcus Bachman. Yes. He was like I remember the him. gayest dude yeah yes and i want to watch him do, do anything you know wait gay husbands is a good one diane von Furstenberg's husband is also gay. <laughs> right barry like, diller yeah actually that would be a great fab five is all closeted gay husbands that's that's my gay that is my my fab five truly marcus <laughs> Buck. and all of them being like i'm into you know Mm-mm, only into yeah. women you know i love my wife i love that they're closet the whole time they're the, whole the whole time, time. But they're like a really good fat five and they're like i yes. may be into women but i'm not into this and it's like right <laughs> right 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 yeah it's like well you know i would love to see my wife wear this but it might look good on you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. wow that would be so beautiful and powerful even Mm-hmm. Most husbands like to, you know, sit and wait for their wives at Bloomingdale's. Me, I'm all about the shopping. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Time for a fashion I mean, show. Dare I say, Ugh. all three of us came up with very strong alternatives to the current yeah. Fab Five. Very true. <laughs> yeah. And very true to ourselves. Honestly, like, <laughs> even in that realm, like, how cool would it... Like, I know he's never going to come out of the closet, but how cool would it be to see John Travolta as one of the Fab Five? Like, teaching... White women teaching straight women how to dance, how to I mean, dirty I have to dance. Say, exactly. It's like when you imagine. It almost makes me emotional to imagine a world in which John Travolta like feels safe to be his authentic. Are you self. kidding? I would die. My sister and I talk about it all the time because we're we're both like, how cool would it be if he just came out and you know and just like lived it? And I think his career would totally benefit from it. A hundred percent. Because right the, now it would pop off. Yeah, yeah right just, now it would pop yeah. off, and the more he's, the more he like denies it, like like with like look at him not wearing like wigs and and toupees and whatever anymore. People are like, wow, you look hot and like a a normal person, a regular person, not like an alien. You know, if he came out and was like, and I'm gay, and this is my like later in life discovery, even though we know it's not later in life, but whatever. Everybody would be like, good for you, truly good for you. Let's yeah. let's give you more like action roles or whatever and you can be the cool like action daddy but yeah. he's That's also great. really good in like not like he actually would be a perfect person to have like a third act as like a comedic character actor absolutely like but i think for him it's actually even less risky than for i mean not 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 mentioning any other names like for uh, for like a list leading men who yeah truly would maybe in fact ruin their careers if they came out I still don't even know if that would even... I still don't really know if that matters anymore. Does anybody care? Does anybody actually care? I mean, the thing is, like, here's what I'll say. And this is, I mean, I hate to even admit this, but it's like when, for instance, when when Neil Patrick Harris played, like, a toxic straight man in Gone Girl, I kept thinking he's gay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, know. right. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. there's like Luke Evans or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, there are definitely good examples, like or hot priest. It would be. F- I was gonna right. say hot priest. It'd be I funny mean, if I've like Harrison Ford came out. Right, that'd be a different. That's Ooh, different. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> I do think we, that's that is like the final glass seal. It's like we do need someone who literally out of nowhere, like if out of nowhere, if if um oh my god, who's taken? Who's um Liam Neeson? If Liam Neeson came out. That would actually do more for the for gay people <laughs> right. in Hollywood than it would. any of the other people that have come out. Right. Ugh. 
Or like yeah, Liev um, Schreiber. Oh, if Liev Schreiber came out, oh my god! I mean, we're just we're fantasy yeah. casting. That's what yeah. this is. We're I like just saying who we think is hot. So well, if anyone... you're, but if you're not fantasy casting, what if it's like somebody more? What if it's like Edward James Olmos, and you're like, oh Wait, right, sure. or if but like, like him, yeah. or like Sam Elliott, or or some, somebody. But Sam well, Elliott would be a great more. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to go with somebody benign, like a Danny Glover or something. Sure, sure. Danny Glover is gay. More kind of like benign character actors should come yeah. out as gay. Why not? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, okay, so Richard Kind is not gay. <laughs> he's no, not gay. He no. should be. And so that is messed up to me. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. he's just a. He's just like Jewish. Truly. Oh. That's. I mean, I can say it. I just. It's like that's like Jewish, like nebishy, where it's sort of like you're in the middle somewhere. Well, it's okay. like Stanley Tucci too. Now he's not Jewish, but it's like the Italian version of that. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, talk about fantasy casting. We have to stop. This we is just I'm, I'm I can't we can't, I can't be like Stanley Tucci's hot. <laughs> have you seen the show where he cooks pasta? Like uh, we have no. to stop. I like we have to stop. I'm getting horny. It's hilarious. <laughs> I know. I got horny when I said the name Liev Schreiber. <laughs> like since then. I know. I could him. tell there was such a switch. There's suddenly I'm like at a well, bar you, and we're like chit-chatting. Liev Schreiber is so hot. Anyway, whatever. I think we've hit on something um another like this we are currently exemplifying the gay male flaw, which is literally being dumb, horny people. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I mean, literally, this and, conversation and, and, was derailed because we're just naming names of people we yeah, yeah, and being That's like, true. ooh, yeah, ooh, fun, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and like, I think if we can bring it back, something about queer eye is it is completely sanitized of sexuality, sexless. and it's like, yes. yeah, and it's like, totally if these, sexless. If the point is that we're like showing <laughs> gay men that you gotta. Uh, honey follow him to the bar like <laughs> and then see. when sexuality is mentioned it's like there's this schoolgirl he 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 giggle giggle yep. it's like someone will mention you know um bottoming or something and then someone's like well not on saturday not on sunday you know just, it's just like so <laughs> you know what's weird though and i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing i don't know the, refic- the ramifications of it but i feel like on the first iteration the i think I was curious enough to go back a few years ago and watch the, a couple of the old ones on YouTube. And the jokes about sex, the things that got remotely sexual, like Carson making like, you know, or any of them, it was almost like it wasn't so much like tee hee hee, this is like dirty. It was more like, well, gay sex is gross, so we're not even going to talk about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they would sort of throw it away yeah. <laughs> as if it were like, oh, sorry, we don't want to, you know, like... Carson would make like a, like a pseudo double entendre and then be like, sorry, didn't mean to like make you think of butt sex. Right. I remember yeah. Carson being horny on that show. I thought, yeah, in yeah. my mind he was, but but like I could I could I, totally see that. I could also I bet you they cut all, all, out all that. So I bet you he Absolutely. actually was hornier and they cut it out. I mean, I remember one specific episode that was burned into my mind when I watched it at 12 or something where they like made over a man who was going to a nudist party and it was like so then there's like a scene where they're like you know the final thing is like he's making a lobster in the nude for all his nude friends and you know the <laughs> queer eye guys are sitting around being like oh nice look at that one oh i'd like to get his number and i was like you know what this is illegal but i respect it <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah see i don't like that i don't like that's what i don't think they, they must i don't think they do that in the new one because in the first one yes there was a there was a little bit of like predatory culture and that weirds me that makes me feel bad and that's just me (laughs) i'm not speaking on behalf of everybody else but it makes me feel bad because it makes me feel like others are going to be worried that i'm like lurking in the yeah locker room or whatever sure sure hunting for (laughs) dogs Uh, God, you really can't win. I have to say. Well, because yeah. I mean, cruising is back. Unfortunately, cruising is back. That's for a different conversation. I think. <laughs> should we do our final segment? Yes, I think we should. Yeah. I unfortunately so, do not have one, but Sam, please describe what it is, and I will. <laughs> Elliot, our final segment is called shoutouts, and in the great tradition of straight culture, we give a shout out to something we enjoy in the style of you know it's two thousand one TRL. You're in Times Square, shouting out to your squad back home um okay i i have one i'll do okay you should go and this was okay 
What's up, losers? I want to give a huge shout out to other gay guys at the gym. Nature is healing. We are back and we are spotting each other and saying, wait a minute, haven't I seen you somewhere? Nope, we don't know each other. We are simply gay and recognize that in each other immediately. It is fun because it feels like a little community and the Blink loves to play some gay bar tracks and I feel transported and it feels like 2019 the good parts only. Um, I love you gay guys at the gym. You complete me and we don't speak but we speak with our minds. Thank right. you. Woo! <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna do one. I'm gonna take a slight risk. Please. Because this is, our, our guest is implicated in this, as I found out mere days ago. Uh-oh. Okay, ready? Yes. Uh, what's up, listeners? I want to give a quick shout-out to the television series Younger. It is, I have watched every single episode in the last month. It is literally my favorite show. And the other day, <laughs> I imagined myself talking to someone about Hillary Duff as though I knew her and like thought to myself what would I do in that conversation where I would be and, and in that conversation I was like she's actually really really great and like a really like a real professional and I just like imagined what it would be like if I were to talk to someone about knowing Hillary Duff and um, lo and behold as we were planning this episode I literally looked up our guest um, and found out that he was a writer in an early season of it is that correct Elliot? I mean, wow. to me, I have never been more starstruck in my life. And also, <laughs> justice for Miriam Shore, who should have seven Emmys. And that's it. That's my shout-out. I, and I mean Woo. it earnestly and genuinely. It has been a godsend. I love that. And it was, awesome. Hillary, it was Hillary's... She, it was a fun, interesting career choice for her to make that I think helped her sort of traject, you know, make, a, uh, make a smooth uh, transition into adult... Mm -hmm television you you're know? doing right now what i want to do of you talking about hillary and being like it was a really good choice for i felt like it, <laughs> it was, was. Right thing. she's also great oh, like she's God. a great person Jealous. she's not she's not like most kid actors i think are terrifying people and she is not she's so grounded and normal and lovely and polite and pleasant and even each like even inquisitive like mm -hmm. when we were on set you know i would this is my first job so i'm like a I'm like nervous about everything going well. And she was always not just polite and pleasant, but was like interested in the process and what was going on. And I couldn't, uh, yeah. And I didn't You're literally watch. doing exactly what I, what I imagined <laughs> myself doing. It's very funny. And you know why? It's because they announced that she would be in How I Met Your Father, the like right. How I Met Your Mother reboot. Right. And then in my mind, I was like, okay, how would I talk about her if I got a writing job on How I Met Your Father? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love little flights of fancy oh, yeah, like that. Right, yeah. Anyway, that's it. Um, Elliot, whenever you are ready. Okay. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, dog groomers because right now <laughs> I have a uh, dog who I've had for three months. And there are some high-end dog groomers and there are some lower-end dog groomers. And yet I think they are all doing God's work the way they are able to not only clean your dog, but somehow, somehow magically make them in a matter of hours go from soaking wet to fully dry and their, their fur or hair, my, hair in my, in my situation, to be fully dry and smooth and like like something you would buy on a on, furni on furniture you know or or something you'd sleep on if you could like that to me there's some semblance of magic there that i fully cannot understand because i've used hair dryers in my lifetime and i don't know how they work this way and i don't know what they're doing but dog groomers to me when they're at their best are just some of the most magical people in the world and i need to give them a, a shout out wow. <laughs> Woo! Really, the, the most earnest part of this entire episode is you shouting out dog groomers i, I do want to say in my googling as we were talking about here i i found out that jay rodriguez hosted a dog grooming show called groomer has it which i watched oh, wow. of course i love reality shows about dog groomers and I was going to say Queer Eye Reboot, where it's still um, fixing people, but it's all dog groomers doing it. Ooh, oh, I yeah. Was, <laughs> oh, there was a show. I love early reality television that took place in, like, workspaces. Like, I just love before people were performing. Mm -hmm. And there was one <laughs> yeah. There was one show. I forget the name of it. It was on, like, it was probably on Animal Planet. And it was just a lady in Seattle and her, like, very, you know, hustling, her bustling dog grooming business. And it was my favorite. And she was oh, just I like, miss things. Yeah, you're so yeah. right about them taking places in workplaces. Like, it's just yeah. like... Oh, I forgot about that. I almost feel like even something like the Rachel Zoe project, it's like 
she's a stylist and it's her life and it's like I celebrities can, come in they fit yeah i can tell you a reality show that deserves to be canon for queer people specifically that was so poor that had such poor ratings because it was so niche and on a small channel but if you can find it i highly recommend you watch a show called small town security <laughs> is it about security guards yes it's about a tiny <laughs> security firm in rural georgia oh my god the woman who is like the matriarch of the place is this like a woman who should be a literal queer icon she should be like snatch game level her husband is there it is the most incredible thing and on top of all of that it has a groundbreaking trans character um who is one of the most interesting uh, queer figures i've ever seen anywhere in the media landscape i highly wow. recommend you watch small town wow. security it's so good wow second i love shout. that I love yeah that. um well elliot this has been a true delight oh what a blast thank you so much for doing it thank you i've wanted to for so long i love you guys i think this is the funniest podcast Aww, and i'm elliot. so honored to be included well we're no. very excited to have you and and also i'm very <laughs> sorry it took so long it really was a it didn't take scheduling so long. kind of oh, it's um, fine on our part I but, have plenty of time. But it, and, and as do we, let me tell you. Don't yes. We all.